Hello, welcome back to the Surprise by Light podcast. My name is Ricky, and I am so glad that you are joining me again on this podcast. I could sit here and tell you many different reasons why I have not been on the podcast for over a year, uh, but I'm not going to do that, at least here and now. Um, But what I'd like to do is share with you the excitement that I have about a new segment that I'm hoping to start now with this episode on the podcast, and that I hope will be an encouragement and a help to many of you that listen. Um, As you probably have picked up on other episodes of the Surprised by Light podcast, I very much value the church calendar. I value liturgy. I think it is something that helps the church to share and reimagine the story of the gospel that changes our lives. And um, when we look at the church calendar and we understand uh, how it retells the uh, hope and uh, the wonder, uh, the longing for Christ's coming, his incarnation, becoming man, and then all the different facets and the high points of his life here on the earth, and then uh, going on into his betrayal and his crucifixion and his resurrection, and then his final ascension to heaven again, um, where he intercedes for us in the establishment of the church at Pentecost. When we look at all those things and we reimagine what those moments were like and the power that was in them, it is something that ought to permeate what we do and how we understand uh, the truths of the gospel, the truths of scripture, and the things that ground us in the life that we live here and now in this world. Um, We are not just living individual stories by ourselves, but we are actually part of a much bigger story that God has been crafting from the beginning of time, and uh, we are now still in the middle of it. So the church calendar helps us to look back at the things that have already happened, the part of the story that's already been told, And it helps us to look forward to the things that are yet to come, the promises that are yet to be fulfilled. And so the church calendar helps to keep us centered on the narrative that is important to the life that we live. So here we are at the beginning of a new church calendar. It is uh, year B, if you're following the Revised Common Lectionary. Um, I've had other interviews that I've done on the podcast where I've talked with others about the church calendar and about the lectionary. Um, But what I would like to do is I would like to uh, use this podcast as an opportunity uh, to help walk through uh, the calendar, uh, the lectionary each year, or I'm sorry, each week. Um, So every week I prepare, I help prepare the liturgy for my church, and um, we build the liturgy off of the scriptures that are given to us each week in the Revised Common Lectionary. And so as I put together the prayers, the songs, uh, every part of the liturgy, I meditate and reflect on the scriptures that were given. And there's 
generally an Old Testament passage that is given. There is a psalm that is given. And then there's a New Testament passage that's taken out of one of the epistles. And then there's a gospel reading that is given. And so most of the time there are four different sections of scripture that are given uh, in the lectionary each week. And in my church, we use most of them as either public reading of scripture or we use them as part of our call to worship, or we use them as uh, other parts of our service, the benediction, uh, the assurance of pardon. Um, And so uh, every week as I prepare uh, to craft the liturgy for our church, um, I read through these, I pray through them, I meditate on them, and then I help shape the way that the story of the gospel, the arc of the gospel, is going to be uh, retold in our service that week. And so what I would like to do is to get on here each week and to have the scriptures that are part of the lectionary that week read and offer a brief meditation on those passages. Um, Each week, as I look at the passages, I consider Uh, how they call us to worship God and how we are presented with who God is. And in our response to understanding who God is, we understand our inability to honor him as he ought to be honored. Um, We realize that we fall short of his glory. And so we have to consider ourselves unworthy of his holiness And so we come to him in confession, but we are assured of his forgiveness through the gospel. And then we are instructed in how we ought to walk, how we ought to live in light of our redemption. And so each of those elements of the service are things that I look for when I'm reading those particular passages. And so what I would like to do is have these passages read or read them for you and then uh, offer a, uh, a short meditation. And sometimes I'll do that by myself and just share with you my thoughts. Um, I would really love to be able to invite others on the podcast with me to reflect on these passages with me. And um, I have a few people in mind. I've had people that I've already talked to uh, to do these reflections with me. But um that's what I would like to do. And I think that it would just help prepare our hearts and our minds as we go to worship on uh, Sunday each week. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity for those especially that are part of a church that use uh, the lectionary, which my church does. And um, But even if you're a part of a church that doesn't follow the lectionary, but might still follow the church calendar even loosely, I think that these meditations and these reflections on scripture will be helpful for you as well. And so I would like to invite you to follow along each week and to hear uh, these scriptures being read and to hear the meditations and the reflections that are given on these passages and let them Uh, prepare you as you gather with your church, and if you're a part of my church, as you gather with my church on Sunday. So this Sunday, we begin the first Sunday of Advent. It's the year B, so 
Uh, if you're familiar with the lectionary, there are three years, year A, B, and C, and uh, we are preparing to begin uh, year B, and it is the beginning of the Advent season. If you're familiar with Advent, Advent is the time that leads up to the coming of Christ, his incarnation, uh, Christmas time. Uh, Christmas time has become a dear and special part of even our culture, our general national culture, our worldwide culture. But Christmas is exists because Christ came to earth. Uh, he is the one who uh, makes the celebration possible. He makes it make sense. Um, without his coming to earth, without the light and the joy that he brings, uh, there is nothing that Christmas has to offer to us. And Advent is that period of time that leads up to Christmas. It's the time where we recognize the fact that we are in a fallen and desperate state, that things are really bad, that we uh, in our own lives are broken and cursed and fallen. Uh, and Advent uh, presents us with a time when we realize that it's time to stop playing games, it's time to stop thinking that we're better than we really are, and it's time to start realizing that we need God to enter into our lives we need him to come and be present with us because without him, we have nothing. Without him, uh, we are broken and we are left to die. And so uh, as we begin the reading for this first Sunday in Advent, um, let's reflect on the fact that um, things aren't the way that they ought to be, that things are quite disturbing, that um, we can put on an act and we can uh, talk about how great things are. Um, we can imagine ourselves in a better place. But the reality is, is that we are a part of a world that is broken, that is cursed by sin. And we are desperate people. We are people who are hurting and longing for an answer, longing for redemption, longing for our Savior. And so as we hear these passages read from the Old Testament and then from the Psalms and then from the gospel readings of the New Testament, let us reflect on the fact that we are truly in need of the Savior that is coming. And as we look back on the first coming of Christ, let us reimagine the joy and the hope that he brings the power that he brings into our world. And as we anticipate his second coming, let us be alert and be ready. Uh, let's not waste time and let's not waste our energy on things that don't matter. But let us focus on uh, the promises that he has given and the hope that he brings to the world. So let's meditate on these scriptures together. And um, I hope this will be an encouragement to you. Isaiah 64, 1 through 9. If only you would tear the heavens open and come down, so that mountains would quake at your presence, just as fire kindles brushwood and fire boils water, to make your name known to your enemies, so that nations would tremble at your presence. When you did awesome works that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains quaked at your presence. From ancient times no one has heard, 
no one has listened to, no eye has seen any God except you who acts on behalf of the one who waits for him. You welcome the one who joyfully does what is right. They remember you in your ways. But we have sinned, and you were angry. How can we be saved if we remain in our sins? All of us have become like something unclean, and all our righteous acts are like a polluted garment. All of us wither like a leaf, and our iniquities carry us away like the wind. No one calls on your name, striving to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us and made us melt because of our iniquity. Yet, Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hands. Lord, do not be terribly angry or remember our iniquity forever. Please look. All of us are your people. Psalm 80, a prayer for restoration. For the choir director, according to the lilies, a testimony of Asaph, a psalm. Listen, shepherd of Israel, who leads Joseph like a flock, you who sit enthroned between the cherubim, shine on Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Rally your power and come to save us. Restore us, God. Make your face shine on us so that we may be saved. Lord God of armies, how long will you be angry with your people's prayers? You fed them the bread of tears and gave them a full measure of tears to drink. You put us at odds with our neighbors. Our enemies mock us. Restore us, God of armies. Make your face shine on us so that we may be saved. Let your hand be with the man at your right hand with the Son of Man you have made strong for yourself. Then we will not turn away from you. Revive us, and we will call on your name. Restore us, Lord, God of armies. Make your face shine on us, so that we may be saved. First Corinthians 1, 3 through 9. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God for you because of the grace of God given to you in Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in him in every way, in all speech and all knowledge. In this way, the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end, so that you will be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. You were called by him into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Mark 13 24 through 37. But in those days, after that tribulation, 
The sun will be darkened, and the moon will not shed its light. The stars will be falling from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. He will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. Learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its branch becomes tender and sprouts leaves, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see these things happening, recognize that he is near, at the door. Truly I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Now concerning that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Watch, be alert, for you don't know when the time is coming. It is like a man on a journey who left his house, gave authority to his servants, gave each one his work, and commanded the doorkeeper to be alert. Therefore, be alert, since you don't know when the master of the house is coming, whether in the evening, or at midnight, or at the crowing of the rooster, or early in the morning. Otherwise, when he comes suddenly, he might find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to everyone, be alert. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As I meditate on these passages and I think about the reality that they reflect, the reality that they tell of the condition of the world that we're in, I think of the fact that there is a desperate cry from the people of God that God would rent, rip open the heavens, that he would enter into our situation, that he would come down in all of his might, in all of his power, the kind of power that shakes mountains, that he would come down and that he would be present and that he would deal with the brokenness of this world and the sin of this world. And I think that it is important that we come to grips with the reality that that is the way that this, this life is, that this world uh, is lost and hopeless without God doing something drastic to intervene on our behalf. So when we get to these portions of Psalm 80 that we read, we hear the refrain, several times restore us O god let your face shine on us restore us that we might be saved the psalmist is crying out to the shepherd of israel the one who can care for his flock the one who has cared for his flock and the psalmist is crying out saying restore us you are our only hope without you we will be left in this broken and fallen condition that we're in. I love it when we break into the New Testament because we know, especially 
as New Testament saints, um, as part of the New Testament church, uh, we know that Christ has come, that he has come and he has done what is necessary to uh, save us. And we are in the process of being restored as our redemption is being fulfilled. And so we look at uh, Paul's writing in Corinthians and uh, he says, you know, show us or reveal yourself. Let the revelation of Jesus Christ come to us. And then uh, finally, Jesus' words uh, are given to us as he prepares his disciples uh, for the second coming. And he tells them to focus on the things that are important, um, to be alert and to pay attention um, and to not be found um, being wasteful uh, with their time and uh, forgetting where they are and where they came from. And so as we enter into this Advent season, as we enter into this first Sunday of Advent, uh, some call it the uh, Sunday of hope, uh, we come with hope. Uh, we come with hope that, uh, that Jesus will come and complete the work that he started in his first coming. And so let us, uh, first of all, let us um, not lose hope in what Christ is has promised. Um, but let us also enter into that longing as the brokenness of this world still exists and has not been fully removed. It is not yet on earth as it is in heaven. But let us pray that Christ would come and that his kingdom would truly be present here in this earth uh, with us now. I hope you have a great uh, Advent season. I hope that this is an encouragement to you. I'm thankful for my wife as she read the scriptures for us in this, uh, in this episode. Um, I hope to have her on here as often as I can read the scriptures for us. She read them from the Christian Standard Bible, and um, I hope that this has been an encouragement for you. Happy Advent season.